From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, depending on where you're at. Uh, Thanks for joining the Joe Hoff Show again uh, today, Tuesday, uh, November 14th, 2023. Glad you're here. Got a lot to cover today. We've got a great guest uh, after the first break here. General Michael Flynn will be joining us. Really can't wait to hear what he has to share. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. Thrilled to have him. He's just really still one of the bright lights in America today after all he's been through, too. What a what a nightmare that he had to go through. I um hoping we can get into some of that today. We had George Papadopoulos on the show yesterday, and he shared a bit about his uh his basically getting caught up in the middle of this uh cross crossfire hurricane. Boy, they were these people are so nasty, so evil, so contrived. We never would have guessed that our government would be working with other governments around the world to uh set up and 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 attempt a coup d'etat of the president of the United States. This should have been addressed. It hasn't been addressed, and and hopefully we'll be able to get it addressed when President Trump is reelected. Lots going on there. Uh, pre, you know these bogus court cases against Trump. Everyone is just total garbage. Just total garbage. He's done nothing wrong. Proving really, this guy's done nothing wrong. I mean, you look at everyone. You're like, well, wait a minute. The, uh, the nothing. There's nothing there. He's got three cases in New York. One, uh, E. Jean Carroll says that uh, he raped her. She can't tell us the day or year. So that's uh, never should be moved forward. But we've got a corrupt Clinton judge with long hair, freak, uh, who's in uh, New York in the Southern District, who's running that case. And then we've got another case uh, ran by Letitia James, the Attorney General from New York, is just this big girl ugly in my mind inside and out and uh, that's my perception nasty girl who's uh after president trump's always been after him she's just really a racist as as everyone knows she's just a nasty girl he raised this uh, case against president trump claiming that he o- overvalued his properties and it's turned out very very clear that he undervalued them in a, getting a loan uh, with a major major bank in the world and Letitia is stepping in the bank made its money Trump uh, team used the loan for a period of time paid it off in full no problem there and um yet Letitia's stepping in and claiming there's some wrongdoing we don't know who was who was wronged uh, the person wronged is President Trump for her stepping in she's got a crazy judge who's uh who's really defrauding the whole thing the, the, the already it was brought to the appellate court they threw 80 percent of this case out the judges ignored it he's just running running rogue just a rogue uh you know freaky judge too we've got pictures of him topless uh sending it to his high school friends uh on a high school website that he's running uh just not long ago just really looks uh you know homely and kind of grotesque seeing a 70 year old man with his shirt off it's just kind of not the most appetizing thing I think for anybody to look at plus you know just a weird guy just weird he uh smiles when people walk in the other day when Ivanka Trump he's brought in the Trump's kids into this case they've done nothing wrong uh brings them in when Ivanka walks in he goes who's that thinking he's cute the guy's a nut job he's just a nut so we've got a nutty judge nutty court nutty nutty prosecution team no crime made up you know made up made up charges it's it's all just crazyville spending millions of dollars in uh, new york city 
trying to uh, indict a president of the United States, something that's never been done before. It's just, uh, they couldn't press criminal charges, by the way. They have to use do a civil case. It's just insanity. They're saying President Trump's property is worth 18 million. It's probably worth a billion, maybe more, maybe one and a half billion. Mar-a-Lago, it's a palace. It's not a house, it's a palace. I've been there. You walk in this first room and it's just immaculate, gold, gold everywhere, old ceiling, uh, tiles uh, that were from 13th century Spain on the wall. It's just it's it's just immaculate. That's the first room. He's got a couple uh, awards that he's that he's won there as well as president. Just just a spectacular place. And then in the and then there's a beautiful pool outside. People can mingle out there. When I was there, and then also attached then is a walkway that takes you to this other big room huge room uh ballroom of sorts where he has these events where he gives speeches and and uh you know just uh can i don't know how many people that room will seat i don't know 500 a thousand maybe two thousand i don't know it's a big beautiful room everything's just immaculate uh everything every detail is perfect it's just like a, it's a it's a it's a palace it's a castle and they're saying this thing's uh you know, only worth 18 million. It's 20 acres, just the acreage alone on both uh, sides of the ocean on one side. And on the other side is the inland waterway. Uh, to have a chunk of land like that, it's worth millions, just millions today, let alone where it's located in West Palm. So that case is just total garbage, total garbage. And then the other case, the first one that came out was this one with Bragg, where uh, this, this, Soros-backed prosecutor in New York is charging President Trump on made-up crimes. They're not even crimes. There's uh, statutory limitations on what he's saying that ended years ago. And so they added some felony chart making up this stuff. It's just made up out of, out of air, uh, you know, it's not even, there, there aren't crimes. And what they're saying is President Trump in 34 counts, 34 felonies, they say there's no felony there. It's, it's made up. 34 felonies that President Trump made entries into the financials. I'm like, I, I was a CPA. I ran it, oversaw a billion dollar block of business once. And yeah, for a period of time, it was a big job, challenging job. I never posted an entry in the book. Certainly our CEO never did of this multi-billion dollar corporation. And, and um, to suggest that President Trump did is just a fantasy. It's a lie, just a lie. And that's what the case is based on. President Trump posted some entries. It's total, total BS. And so that's what's going on there uh, in New York. We've got this Georgia case that seems to be falling apart. It's more and more evidence coming up that this election of 2020 was stolen. Uh, there's still 140,000 ballots in question that are stuck up in the courts. We've got a corrupt Georgia judge that won't release these ballots to the individuals so that they can look at them that are saying, hey, these were all carbon copies, all the all the uh, circles on the ballots were all like machine created because they were all perfect. 140,000 ballots for Joe Biden after the election. Well, they had to do that because they shoved so many ballots through multiple times. And in order to uh in order to to validate these these, you know, create the ballots because there was replicated ballots that went through. We saw it on video in Georgia on election night. They've had to uh manufacture ballots and they're all the same. Um, easily uh, a forensic uh, specialist could look at these and say they're all the same. So they're making them illegitimate. Of course they are. And they won't let us look at them. And again, uh, with my past career being in corporate and, and over, being an international executive uh, over in Hong Kong for years, having done audits around the world, it's just unheard of 
that uh, when you're auditing something that the people would not provide you documentation. It just doesn't happen in the real world, in the corporate world. Only in make-believe corrupt fraudulent elections does this happen, and that's what's happening in Georgia. That's a key piece of that case there, that and on video, uh, people stuffing ballots on election night after they kicked people out of the Fulton County um, facility, the State Farm facility there, saying there was a we reportedly a water main break. We reported on this uh, on election night. Just went, here we go. Here we go. They're just getting ready to steal. And they sure did. Not only Georgia, but numerous states. None of these states should have been certified. Miraculously, Joe Biden comes to these uh, great uh, um, sudden middle of the night uh, ballot drops all for Biden. And he uh, takes the elections in Wisconsin and Michigan and and then in Pennsylvania and Georgia, Georgia days later, Trump won that election. We all know it. And we've got a clown in the White House as a result. And he's senile and he's not even able to function. So this is what we're left with. This is after massive corruption left over from the Biden DOJ and FBI attempting to try to remove President Trump from office. It's uh, it's frightening what we're seeing today. And and like George Papadopoulos mentioned yesterday, this was not an isolated uh, incident with just the DOJ and FBI. This was involving foreign entities as well, UK being one. So lots to talk about there. Hopefully we can get to some of this with General Flynn. I really hope so. And um, we've got another case down in Florida, and it seems clear, more, clearer and clearer that the reason that the FBI raided President Trump's home and stole documents from Mar-a-Lago was because they wanted to get these documents back. President Trump declassified all these documents related to the uh, crossfire hurricane, this coup d'etat attempt at President Trump. He took the documents with him, copies, they're just copies. And, uh, and what happened was the uh, FBI DOJ came down, raided excuse me, raided the president's home when he wasn't there, went inside, uh, forced his attorney, Christina Bob, to stand outside and uh, in the the sweltering heat of of, a Florida summer for nine hours while they they scurried around President Trump's home and and what I believe is is stole documents uh, that they they were targeting to pick up. And then they charged President Trump with a made-up crime for being uh, supposedly uh, holding documents they didn't have the right to have. He had classified security clearance at that time. They took that away a a week before they raided. I mean, these people are criminals. This is the Biden regime, the Biden crime family, the Obama crime uh, syndicate. Uh, We've got George Soros involved. Probably China and foreign entities involved as well. This is uh, this is the uh, attempted uh, uh, coup of, of of America. And it's it's shocking, it's frightening, it's sad, it's evil, and um, and you know that's where we're at today. And and it really it comes down to this: Are we in a are we in a spiritual war right now? Can people feel it? Yes, I talk to people every day that say, "Yeah, there's something something dark going on right now, and we've got to stand up to it." These are the greatest times for uh, you know followers of of uh, of good. And uh, we will we will win this, but we've got to stand up for the truth. Lots going on. Then we have this uh, war over in Israel uh, that's uh, just so sad. That invasion by Hamas that was so disgusting and bloody and gross. It's just so disgusting. So we've got lots to talk about with General Flynn. We've got him uh, ready to join us here after this break. So hang, hold tight. We're going to be right back with uh, 
General Michael Flynn on the Joe Hoff Show. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Israel rescued a female member of the IDF who was kidnapped by Hamas. And the media interpreted that or put that out accidentally on purpose as she was released. Now, what does that mean? That means that the good people of Hamas released another hostage. It took Dana Perino on the five on Fox to actually say and indict her own network, who, when they went live to their guy in Israel, also used the word released. And when they finally came back to Dana to talk about everything, she said, I just want to say something. She said earlier today, Israel rescued that female soldier. And we made a mistake, too. We said she was released. She wasn't released. And she went into the whole thing about how that just props up Hamas. I mean, how could journalists, quote unquote, not know the freaking difference between rescued and released? Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, we are back on the Joe Hoff Show, and I'm I'm honored and thrilled to introduce our, our next guest, uh, General Michael Flynn. Uh, General, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor. Oh, it's great, Joe. Thank you, and uh, it's always good to come on and have a... We, you and I have had a lot of discussions over the last... I don't know, the last number of years. And uh, so this is another yeah. opportunity with so much going on here at home right. and around the world. Yeah, I, I, I noticed a, a tweet that you put up uh, within the last, I think, 24 hours um, mm -hmm. about this uh, Bishop Strickland and how he was, yeah. uh, how the Pope stepped in and, and, and removed him from office. And this one girl went out there and put up a tweet showing how he had the courage to go to this Satanist ritual in in his maybe even in his hometown and got down yeah. on his knees and began praying the rosary in front of all these satanists and uh what a courageous man he is and so pope paul removes him from office i guess this is kind of the, my question is are, are, you know is it clear that we're in some sort of spiritual battle right now <laughs> is, is yeah, that wow. what this is all about yeah. yeah, and and uh, and for the audience, I mean, you know, this is the nice thing about these live shows. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We just kind of go into it, yeah. you know. And uh, and Bishop Strickland from Tyler, Texas, the bishop of the the diocese of Tyler, Texas. They have about uh, probably one hundred and fifty thousand Catholics in that diocese. They absolutely adore this man. You know, he's a leader. Uh, he's a great uh, man of faith. I I've actually met with him, uh, gotten to know him. We did some work together. Uh, to uh, to try to fight the uh, you know the the uh, sisters of indulgence out in Los Angeles where he stood for that you know he, he or he stood he stood against that to to fight back that he stood up he, we we then went up to Ohio and where we stood for uh, you know the right to life of of, uh, of of you know of you know unborn children just incredible guy incredible leader very bold takes takes a stance based on his faith and and what you just described about him going to this essentially a satanist convention and, and it was in his in his area 
that they held. And he went there and, and got on his knees and praised the, prayed the rosary. And here the bishop, or here the pope, is going after him. And actually the pope is looking to, to basically remove him from his position as a bishop, which is a big, big deal in the, uh, in the what's called canonical law, canon law, and within the within the uh, Catholic Church, and also they're they're considering defrocking him as a as a priest, which is another huge deal. I mean, you don't rise to the level of uh, of being a bishop, you know, because of because of uh, you know you're you're somebody's you know boy, right? I mean, it, th although there are some in the in the Council of Cardinals that are on the on the, uh, the you know the short list uh, of the Pope's uh, you know sort of. In inner circle, and 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 a few of them are actually hardcore communists. Which is, you know, if you really take a hard look at the people around the Pope and the Pope himself, uh, you have people from uh, from communist countries that rose rose up in their own countries that are that are actually communists. And and so, we're we're the the Catholic faith in this country. People need to understand this is really important uh, a really important point that that here in America. The largest voting block in the country are, you know, is the Christian faith. Within the Christian faith of America, the largest component of the Christian faith is the Catholic faith. So, so when you start to really break this thing down in terms of, you know, our our republic, our you know, our our way of life here in this country, and who is voting for the various things that we that we want, well, the Catholics in this country are the Actually, the the largest voting block in the country, uh, as a as a demographic, and they vote about half and half. It's it's like forty seven percent vote Democrat, and the other half vote for a Republican. So when you begin to really break down not just what is happening to Bishop Strickland, that's a sign of the times of what of what is happening in Rome and what is happening you know across the world because of the current. Uh, a dark pope that we have. I mean, remember the pope is a human being. Uh, he is, I think, he's only the second pope to actually come, you know, come into that position uh, where the previous popes, you know, did not did not die in office, right? They normally die, and then there's a and then there's a, a a council that gets together and they choose the next pope, right? It's very it's a very long religious ceremony and and uh, and heritage and tradition, but in this case. It was like this guy was chosen by another group of people, and that group of people are just now. I'm talking about the Pope. This is a very dark time, and this is a very dark group of people that chose this particular Pope. Bergoglio is his name. You know, he goes by Pope mm -hmm. Francis. So, so the you know that's a, that's you know a bit of a diatribe to your question about is this a spiritual mm -hmm. war that we are in, and it absolutely is globally. I mean. We are we are in a good versus evil time. This is not uh, friend against friend or neighbor against neighbor or Democrat versus Republican in this country. This is a globally a good versus uh, good versus evil time. And for those Catholics that are following this, that that are you know in this great live audience that you have, and I know you got a very interactive audience, a very you know audience that does that does uh, uh, you know they do provide feedback. Um, and I'm always open for feedback and open to learn new things. But when I look at what the decisions from this pope that this pope has made uh, in support of the World Economic Forum, in support of the World Health Organization, in support of transgenderism and the transgender movement, uh, you know, not just globally, but really in the United States of America, because the transgender movement 
isn't really a very big movement globally because a lot of countries don't accept it at all. Communist countries don't accept, you know, the, the CCP in China, they don't, they don't uh, accept uh, transgenders in China. Believe me, they, they'll lock them up or they'll, or they'll kill them. Uh, you know, the, the Russian community, the Russian, you know, communist country, right? The Iran, the Middle East, right? These, these, these Islamic uh, countries based on the Islamic faith they don't accept transgenderism. So what's happened is this Pope has, has, has brought into the discussion here, in, particularly in the, in the United States of America, because this is one of the issues that, that uh, Bishop Strickland has stood against, is this idea that transgenderism you know, is an acceptable component of the Catholic faith. It is not. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just pe people, and I'm, again, people can do what they want to do, but when you decide that you're going to try to force something into a faith where it is not accepted and it's not accepted in the norms and the and the traditions and the and the, the laws, really, the canon laws, in this case of the Catholic faith, then, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that's a bad person. It just means that that's not accepted. And for a bishop or a priest who has who has taken the vows of of uh, of that, that all all priests take. And all bishops take as they as they move on up into the hierarchy of the Catholic faith, they uh, they have to stand on those on those faiths. And in this particular case, uh, it's a really sad thing because I know that I know other priests. I just spoke to another priest who I've I've gotten to know through another friend up in the Northeast, and their priests are afraid. Priests in this country, Catholic priests, are afraid to speak up. Those that speak up. Those that stand up for their faith get they get crucified to use a a religious word to get crucified by this pope and uh, and and so that's a sad day because number one they, we are we are so short of Catholic priests in this country across the board so what person in their right mind wants to go and 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 seek the you know I mean you're, you're not supposed to go because it's something that you want to do. It's supposed to go, you're supposed to go become a priest because it, you're called to do it by the Lord, right? I mean, and so the people that we do have uh, that are that are practicing it in a way that I believe uh, they should stand up and that stand up not only on, based on their faith and their principles and their values, but based on the leadership that they know they have to demonstrate to the, to the flocks of people that they, that they, uh, that they are responsible for. And in this case, Bishop Strickland, I think in his Tyler, uh, Texas County, that area, there's over 2 million people in that county. And I think it's like 150,000 are Catholic. So they have a significant uh, uh, number of people in that, in that area. And they, like I said, they love him. They absolutely love him. And they, they love the fact that he does things like goes and prays the rosary at a satanic conference or a satanic convention where they're, where they're praying for, you know, the, the, the Satanists are there ready to sacrifice children on the, on the altar of Baal, right? I mean, it's just crazy. It's just, you know, it's crazy. So anyway, I mean, I could go on and on just about that subject. There's so much more that <laughs> no. I know we need to talk about. I know, I know, but I, but I'm with you hundred percent. I think we both grew up in families of nine and Catholic yeah. families at that. So we do have something in, in favor there or yep. familiar the, um, and went to Catholic schools my whole life. So uh, see, what I've seen, and I've been a good friend of uh, Vagano, reported uh, Bishop, Archbishop Vagano from right. Italy, reported a lot, shared a lot of his messages. I know you have too. I'd yeah. love to meet that guy. 
Uh, but yeah, so much going on. But I think what you mentioned, like this transgenderism to me, and, and if you don't mind, we'll just kind of just, we can, yeah, I'd like to make this comment. It's like the, it's yeah. the, you know, God loves, the human being is made in God's likeness. It's all over the Bible. Right. We are, we are God's children. We're made like him. And I think right. the destruction of that human body is, is really anti, it's anti-God. It's not, um, it's not, you know, it's the destruction of maybe one of God's greatest works, and if not his greatest yeah. works. And and so I think uh, this is something, you know, the devil loves. How yeah, do you want to say is, the devil is, or evil? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's right. The devil, the, you know, evil. I mean, there's, you know, the the whole idea of, of the spirituality that we're uh, that we're all about here, in, particularly in America. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, across the world. I mean, these wars that we see, these endless wars that we see, especially again, back in the Middle East are just this, it is a, there is a spiritual overtone that you cannot deny. And when we think about, when we think about some of these, these uh, global organizations like the World Health Organization, the World Bank, World Trade, they, they don't have a spiritualness or spirituality to them. What they do is they, they really do have a, a an overtone of of darkness and evil and with no with no spirituality other than that darkness that they do bring into uh, all the actions that they present to include places like uh, the United Nations. The United Nations is another very, you know, it's a it's another sort of dark uh, temple of uh, of evil because they're the the things that come out of it, you know, are not are not uh, you know they're not trying to move the world towards a place of light. They're trying to move the world towards a place of darkness and, and evil. And I do think that uh, you're, you're right about, you know, in our, in our, um, in our spiritual nature, you know, we, we are supposed to, you know, love all, right. I mean, we, we love all and, and, you know, for all of our imperfect, all of our imperfections uh, and, you know, and, and obviously in big families, I mean, I, you know, we're, we always, we're, we're all imp imperfect people. Right. Um, and, and for those, for anybody that, you know, that tries to deny the fact that there is a, a consciousness of right and wrong, right. There, there is something that, that we are taught particularly in, in, uh, in schools where, you, where you learn, uh, you know, you strengthen in a school environment, you're strengthened, not only your, your, uh, your, uh, you know, mental acuity of math and science and, and, the, and the reality of the, of the physics of the world, but we also strengthen the spiritual nature of who you are as a human being and, 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 you, and you gain a consciousness to be able to understand what is the difference between right and wrong. And you're taught that, you're taught certain things about right and wrong and a consciousness of you know, the meaning of life and the meaning of, of, uh, of, of being able to being kind and being generous to other people, right? The, the, the golden rule, right? To treat others like you like to be treated. I mean, there, there are so many things that are derived from the Bible, which is still the most read, read you know, book in the, in the history of the world. There are so many things that are derived from the Bible that have, that made their way into the, the lifeblood of, of, uh, of the American society and in American culture. I mean, it's just, it's a fact that you can't deny that. Now we're going to see in the coming uh, in the coming weeks and months, probably here, we're going to see this this advent, which more and more we're hearing more and more about this artificial intelligence. We're going to see this advent where 
people are going to try, the, the globalists are going to try to have the Bible rewritten. So if you rewrite the Bible, this is the way AI would rewrite the Bible, artificial intelligence rewrite the Bible. So therefore, it's going to, they're going to tell us it's going to have more meaning. It's actually going to be more, more of what reality should have been. And then the next step to that, the next phase of that is to then you then what the rewrite the constitution. So artificial intelligence, the, you know, the the accumulation of of intelligence from all beings on on uh, on earth, you know, all, all human beings on earth that comes together, they're gonna say that this is smarter than than you know than than those who created, you know, not only the world, and there's a a fascinating, fascinating, you know, when you think about uh, the, the, the true science, because people go, I don't believe in God, you know, God didn't do all this, you know, man came from an amoeba and, and developed over time. Well, you know, then how did that get created? And how did that get created? So, so there's a great argument between uh, what, what I, I firmly believe is this faith and, uh, and reality, right? Or faith and science, the faith and reason. It's actually probably the better way to describe it is there's a difference between faith and reason. We have to have faith. I have to have faith in you, Joe. I have because I I expect, you know, the the friendship that we have to last and to be honest and authentic. But I also am a reasonable person when I think that okay, you have your own issues that you deal with in your life with your family, and I have my own issues that I deal with in my life and my family. So when we meet, maybe we have a disagreement about something. Those are just reasonable characteristics of the human, of of being a human. But there's also faith, and the faith is something that that you actually, you know, you, you move throughout life with this, with this strong sense of faith that, you know, and it's, and it's faith in being a good person to others. If I'm a good person, if I have the, you know, if I, if I know that I'm going to be a good person, I'm going to try to be a good person in my life with all my, all my, uh, my, uh, you know, all the misgivings or all the, all the imperfections that I have, but I'm going to strive to be a good person throughout life. Then, then my expectation, my faith is that, is that, if I'm good in, in my life, you know, generally throughout the, my entirety of my life, I'm good to others. I treat others like they like to be treated. You know, I, I do the right thing when it needs to be done, even when nobody's looking. That I have, I have a belief that, that I will lead a good life. I'll have a, I'll have a good family. I'll have good friends. And, and maybe when I die, you know, when I, when I die someday, that, that my life will be remembered as a faith-based person you know, and I will, I will then, you know, transcend into some, uh, into some place that, that I pray to be, right? I mean, that's sort of, you know, when we think about uh, heaven and hell, when we think about these concepts, I mean, th- this is fascinating stuff to me because I don't, I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. All I know is that I grew up in a large family. I, I went to, I did go to Catholic school and I went into public school systems, but I joined the military. I, I served in the military. You know, I, I've been I've been persecuted like like few people have been persecuted in in uh, in life. But I still, uh, but I you know, I, but I still believe that if I uh, do, uh, you know, like I say, if you treat others like you like to be treated, then uh, then you're going to find a uh, an inspiration and a resurrection. Uh, you know, at the end of that path that you're on in life. That's what I believe. And I do believe that there are seriously dark forces on this planet that are against what it is that we, uh, that we are trying to strive to be, which is just, you know, try to be good people. I mean, 
hey, let's face it. I served, you know, almost three and a half decades in the military. And, and you know, many of those I was overseas trying to not be killed or trying to accomplish my mission, which my mission, you know, meant to uh, to destroy uh, human life at times. Right. I mean, I mean, I, when I think about that, I'm like, wow. And, and maybe that's why today, maybe that's why I sit here today and I'm like, you know, I'm not against uh, I'm not against like a war where you, you know, it's there's there's only so many places on, on, the, on you know, in, in human history where you can turn the cheek. Right. At a certain point in time, you have to defend your family. You have to defend your your life and, and, and your and, and what you have. Right? You have to defend it. Otherwise, people are going to come in. The evil nature of humans will come in and take things from you. But I'm, I am against this idea of endless war, the idea that that, there, that wars can just continue to be perpetuated as though, you know, it's like, you know, old, old uh, I mean, there's all kinds of sayings about about war, you know, that that, you know, young men, you know, die in, in war. And, and the old men, you know, they 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 sit around and they make a lot of money. At it, right. I mean, there's, a, there's so many different aspects of war. And yet. We, we have so many people that stand up in front of us, politicians particularly, uh, and others that are around the world, and they just love this idea of perpetual war. And you kind of say, God, can't we, can't we figure out how to get out of these, how to, how to not have these? Now, I will tell you, because I, I do think that, that it's, again, the spiritual nature of the good versus evil that we are in, the spiritual war that we are facing is such a powerful uh, entity, it's it, it presence. There's a powerful presence that exists in the world today. And we started off with talking about a bishop and a pope, ah, like a like a chess yeah. game, right? Uh, you know, I mean, and, and because there is a there is an evil dark darkness to the way that uh, that certain faiths can can evolve over time. It doesn't mean that they're always going to be like that. It just means that right now they are like that. And so those mm. elements inside that are good and and uh, and faith based, they're going to be attacked. They're going to be persecuted. You know, if you if you're somebody like me and you have the you have the desire to continue to serve in our government and you do that based on reasons that are that are positive, like positive reasons, like you want to make our government a, you know, a better place to, to serve the people of this country. You want to, you want to help, you know, figure out the, and solve some of the big problems that we have in our government. Yet when you, when you step into that role, you be, you get persecuted. Why? Because there are dark forces, not only in places like Rome, there are dark forces in the political life of the United States of America. And those dark forces, uh, and I call it, I call it this global alliance. There is a global alliance that has formed against principally the United States of America because we represent the last bastion or the last redoubt, uh, the last you know defensive line of freedom. And you know, my wife and I the other day we were out chatting, we we're just talking, and you know, we we're talking about you know the, the life in general. And and, and you know, we I, I just got uh, served another subpoena this past week, you know, just because you know because I. I put myself out there and, and my wife, you know, we're looking at each other. We started to talk about it. Like, you know, at, at what point in time does this end? When do these, when do these subpoenas end against 
conservatives, right? Against people who are speaking out against, you know, things that matter. Like in this case, you know, in this specific case, it has to do with election integrity, right? I mean, all I run is I don't, I don't deny our elections, which, you know, I've, all of us have been called election deniers. What I deny is that we have fair elections. So I get served a subpoena the other day, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, it is what it is. It's going to, you know, it's going to cost me, you know, time and money and, and energy to, to fight that. I'll, I'll continue to fight it. But, but it, it's an evil that continues to join hands at a global level. Hmm. So it's not just some, some company or somebody, you know, a, a person or organization here in the United States. It is a global alliance. And that hmm. global alliance consists of these of what we know now, we, we, we hear talked about globalists. And I mentioned a couple of the organizations just a few minutes ago, you know, World Health, World Trade, World Organization, International Monetary Fund, the United Nations. You know, we're, we hear more and more these days, Joe, about uh, United Nations potentially putting, putting military forces here in the United States inside the contiguous you know, states of, of, uh, of, of our country. I mean, I, I've heard that more and more. Uh, and, and people ask me all the time, and I and I say we're we're not there yet. We're not there yet because the American people won't 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 accept it. It would be completely against our constitution, and uh, and it would be something that would be such an egregious assault on our basic uh, bill of rights and our basic freedoms. But but we're talking about it more and more as though it could really happen. And and frankly, the reality is that it could. And so when yeah. we have these global alliances, this globalist group, and, and so you know. Part of what what that means is that means like China, China uh, dictating to the United States of America that they're going to meet in San Francisco instead of Joe Biden, you know, saying, no, we're going to have our we're going to have we're going to meet right here in the United States and we're going to meet right here in Washington, D.C. So they meet in they meet in San Francisco. This this is going on now. Of course, they have to clean up the streets of San Francisco. They have to put barricades yeah. up like a, like we're a third world country because they we can't because there's not the security for for the uh, the, the Chinese premier. I mean. So we are we are kowtowing or bowing to the globalist alliance, and the globalist alliance are a group of nations, and they and they have expanded in the last uh, probably two years for certain, and that then their numbers uh, are roughly somewhere between seventy and eighty percent of the world's population. So, you know, and and some of them in Europe, some countries in Europe are starting to lean towards the dark side, right? Like countries like France, I, you know, I've always been, I, I have a lot of friends in France and France is a great nation, but, but, uh, but there is a, there is an element in their government that leans towards the, the globalist and, and particularly Macron, who's a, who's the uh, president of France. I mean, when you look at, uh, when you look at a country like uh, uh, Great Britain and you look at the numbers that have changed dramatically in terms of their uh, population and the demographics of their population, where the, you know, the the, the British, the the normal Brit, right, the normal you know white uh, Christian, I guess, is a is now a, a small minority compared to the the uh, the rise of Muslims in uh, in Great Britain, and that's a fact of life. I mean, that's just that's the way it is. That, that you know, that's because of the the system of immigration that they allow. That's because of their basically, I think, their failure. To, to really uh, hold people to what I call assimilation values, right? You, you come into the United States of America legally 
one of the ways you, one of the things that, that we expect when you come in legally is to go through an, a, an assimilation process. When you talk to a legal immigrant, and I, and I do it all the time, Joe, whenever I'm around, out, out and about, when I talk to legal immigrants, and I always recognize them when I do speaking events, I always ask people who are first generation legal immigrants to please stand up. And we, I ask people to give them a round of applause because these are people that left their home countries because of the lack of freedom to come to the United States of America for freedom. I mean, why do we have 10 million people, illegals, coming into this country right now over the last couple of years? Many of them are coming because they're persecuted somewhere else. But when they come into this country right now, this administration is just, you know, wide open borders. I mean, our policy right now is Mm. open borders. It's not, it's Mm not, the, the policy is nothing else. It's open borders. So when people come in here, there's no, there's no uh, discipline to to bring them in and, and go and go through some process that, that that would then legalize them, go through some assimilation, go through some training and vetting, you know, all the different things that that the legal uh, citizens have gone through, which in some cases takes takes a couple of years to do. So when we don't allow that, the United States of America, with our you know 350 million people, it's just a matter of time. It, it is a math problem where the the opposite side, right? The you know, the opposite side of the equal sign eventually is going to uh, be greater than the, the 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 current side that we stand on. The current side that we stand on in terms of of a math problem is we we have a you know, we are we are a bunch of addition signs where we where we still have, you know, the strength in our values, the strength in our principles, the strength in our Bill of Rights, the strength in our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our rule of law. We still have those things, but they are being uh, they are being disintegrated as I speak, as I talk to you today. They are being you know, ripped to shreds. And so the the other side, the the, the side that's you know it's a greater than or or uh, or or less than sort of symbol, to, you know, to use this to stretch this lousy uh, metaphor or analogy. The other side starts to grow in in its numbers, and it is a dark, evil side. And eventually. Yeah. You know, is it is it 2025? Is it 2030? Is it 2050? Well, I will tell you to jump back to Xi Jinping and China. China has had a hundred year plan, and it started in 1949 under Mao Zedong. We we know we know what that plan is, and and its parts of it have become declassified, and it's publicly available. And so Xi, at, when he came into power, he knows he's not going to uh, be alive in 2049. So what what did he do? He he declared himself basically, you know, president premier for life, and he's moved the timetable up to 2030. So, so Xi, their timetable to become the global superpower and to become the head of this globalist movement is going to happen at a much faster pace. So, for example, a few weeks back, the World Economic Forum, which is a, glo- which is a glorified think tank, was at the United Nations, and they signed a deal to accelerate the World Economic Forum's Globalist Agenda 2030, along in, in mm. partnership with the United Nations. Well, the, the World Economic Forum leadership under Klaus Schwab will and, and has sat with Xi Jinping and has praised the Chinese way of life, the Chinese system of government. I mean, it's like, come on. So are we talking now about accepting communism here in the United States of America? Mm. Well, guess what? We have and I know I'm going on and on, Joe, and I apologize, but we, we have no, it's great. We have China. We, great. We have socialists. We have socialists and communists in our own government right now. We know that there are people that are 
card-carrying members of the Socialist Party of America that are card-carrying communists that are inside of our government. They're in the legislative branch. They're in the judicial branch. They're in the executive branch. We, we know that there are people who have been caught dead to rights providing information and intelligence back to our adversaries in places like Iran, in places yeah. like China. I mean, and, and, and we sit around and we don't even hear about it in the media. We don't, they don't even, the big media doesn't talk about it. And that's why, that's why the American people that are, uh, that are awake, they are, and this is a really positive thing of this show, and, and you basically allowing me to just go on and on. You, these shows, these, these fiercely independent media outlets, this is sort of, this is the new way of, of information and information sharing and, and knowledge, right? This is how we are breaking through the crust of the mainstream media that has, that has put a, uh, a lid, so to speak, that they, they, they say in the, in the White House, they put a lid on it, right? They put a lid on Joe Biden because they don't want him to, to, you know, to crap his pants while he's up, up uh, at a podium. I mean, but that, but this is this is how we have to fight back. We have to do it through breaking through this crust, finding those voices. You know, you're a great one. Gateway Pundit is a is a Thanks. terrific, terrific uh, uh, outlet. And and thank God that you guys have have you know fought this good and faithful fight to get to where we are today. Because you're, you know, you could have been crushed. Your souls could have mm. been crushed easily. And and somebody would have just they'll just pour money against you to crush your soul. Never mind your your mm -hmm. business uh, enterprise. So we have to find mm -hmm. more of these voices. We have to find the legitimate voices. There's a lot on our. There are a lot of, uh, of voices out there that I do think uh, they spew a lot of nonsense. They spew a lot of what yeah. I what I do believe are conspiracies and just stupid things that people talk about because they you know there's a, there's a gullible group of people out there that, that believe some of this stuff. And that, that's, that's human nature. Okay. If that you want to believe stuff, fine, but we have to continue to break through the crust with fiercely independent voices who, um, who are out there like, you know, like back to the biblical times, like they're out there, like, you know, Moses in the desert crying, you know, crying out in the, you know, when nobody else is around, you're doing and you're saying the right thing. Right. When nobody else is looking, that to me is the sign of somebody with, uh, with the strength of a uh, of uh, of their integrity, their morality, is doing the right thing when nobody's looking, or saying the right thing when when you don't care about you know when nobody's about to give you credit for something, right? I mean, the the best type of credit is when other people give you credit, not when you seek it for yourself. And I think that right. we have too many people in our in our movement that do kind of want that and uh and you know i mean i, I you know yeah. i guess it's a it's it, it's a natural thing but anyway i, I know we've I got agree. just a little bit of time left anything else that you want to touch on that i didn't <laughs> touch on yet this, well this has been fantastic and there's so much we could talk for hours i really appreciate it and i have some thoughts and i've seen the gateway punt well i've seen your situation which was unbelievable and we'll jump into that in a moment i had george papadopoulos on the show yesterday yeah. so uh, maybe yeah. some follow-up questions from that but I've seen Jim at the Gateway Pundit as he started this and get attacked. And I started writing for him in 2016 part-time. As you know, I was a, an executive over in Hong Kong. And then I was attacked right. by Media Matters. I don't know if you knew that. That's into, That ended up me coming back to the States 
as a result of that after 20 years in a, in a corporation that I loved, that loved me. And uh, but it all turned out to be a God's timing because a week after I came back, China changed the law in Hong Kong. And if if you write anything bad about China, we're sending you to China one week after I came back. And I was writing stuff about China, laying it out, how Trump was just crushing their their economy. I could see it over there. And then we've been attacked. We've got a suit against us by Ruby and Shea backed by Protect Democracy bunch of uh obama white house attorneys that really formed after uh the trump's uh trump stepped into power and and uh all they all they're doing is attacking conservatives and we're part of yeah. that now too but but we're going to keep fighting and the good news is uh back in april rasmussen reports uh the the polling company came out and said 62 percent of americans believe the 2020 election was rigged another 65 percent believe the feds were involved in uh, january 6th so the word's getting out it's not from mainstream media as you point out it's not from cable tv it's from places like this and the efforts that you have so jumping back to what papadopoulos was sharing the question i asked him and maybe i can ask you this and maybe if you if you got some time if you're able to you know talk briefly about this but, uh, you know, uh, well, and let me ask you, a week after you're in that White House, you're attacked. You didn't you, yeah. subtly, sneakily by Peter Strzok and I think it was a guy named Pienta come into your office. Mm-hmm. You're just getting settled. The whole, and, and Comey's aware of this and these snakes were, were after you and, um, and they came after you. And then we find out that the whole time that uh, Papadopoulos early in uh, 2016 was being targeted by people like Joseph Smith said he shared that yesterday. He says, ultimately, the fix to this country is uh, we've got to fix our DOJ first. If we can't fix that, then maybe nothing else matters. So what do you think about that? Well, I mean, yeah, first of all, you go, let's just start with, you know, Eric Holder, right? Obama's wingman. Then he brings in Loretta Lynch. Well, what did Eric Holder do after he left? He Eric Holder started going around the country and changing, on behalf of the Democratic Party, changing the the uh, you know the gerrymandering the gerrymandering uh, system that we have uh, really to to uh, to to basically hold on to power uh, however they can and and uh, and of course you know have a guy like Donald Trump come in and just a total anomaly and beat the odds. He beat the odds in 2016. There's no doubt about it. Because there were, and there was, there were the likelihood of, of cheating in 2016 was actually there, and we know that uh, the the Clinton campaign came to the Trump uh, team after Trump won and and wanted to audit, and you're very familiar with auditing. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why they go after you. You're, I've heard you speak about auditing, and it's like, you know, it's a no-brainer why we should be auditing our elections. Christ, we audit ourselves every year when we put our taxes mm-hmm. in, right? The IRS audits us. So, so the Clinton machine said said, uh, we want to conduct an audit of three states. Trump says, be my guest. They did it. Comes back. Trump still want, wins. In fact, it's got more votes. And then, so w- once that happened, you know, and that was quiet. Nobody ever, nobody said much about that. And then they, then they needed to decide, okay, we've got to stop this guy, right? And when I was picked to be national security advisor, I, I say that the uh, the coup started on the 5th of January of 2017, even though that the paid for Hillary dossier was back in 2016. The coup began in earnest on the 5th of January in, in the Oval Office where they said, and, and we, we have the evidence that shows, you know, what are they trying to do? Get Flynn fired or get him to lie, right? 
I mean, that was the that was the discussion in that meeting. Uh, Obama led it. Five January, twenty seventeen. It's it's all public now. It's public through my filings and through my case. And then you you know then you have guys like Jeff Sessions who sh- who had no business to be the attorney general, and you know he helped Trump uh, in twenty sixteen. And I think Trump liked the fact of who he was, Senator Jeff Sessions, and then he becomes the attorney general. He had no business. He had no no background to be able to run an organization as big as the, the Department of Justice. And and obviously he he really failed. He really failed. And then you bring in Bill Barr, who did it before. And then I, to me, I saw a transition in Bill Barr in the summer of 2020. I saw something in him. And, I, and this is just my own speculation, because I, you know, Bill Barr is the one that appointed Jeff Jensen, who did six months of an internal investigation of my case and came and came out and said, hey, this is a, this is a crime against Flynn. This isn't a crime against our government. This is a crime against General Flynn. This is something that should have never happened. So they dismissed it, but primarily because of egregious government misconduct. But then I get I get grabbed hold of by a by a you know an out of control judge. But that summer of 2020, my case was dismissed in May of 2020. That summer, I saw a big change in Bill Barr. You know, and and I'm not sure why or, or what happened. But I did. I, I, I saw and I think a lot of people that pay really close attention saw that. And then now, you know, now we're back into, uh, you know, the, this administration and you got Merrick Garland, who comes off the uh, off off of being a judge. You know, the thing that people need to understand in these large departments that we have in government, these are large. These are large organizations with lots of people. And you don't the, the 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 attorney general doesn't even have to be a lawyer. You know, what you really want is you want people who understand how to manage, how to run and how to lead large organizations running these these um, these gigantic departments that we have. Frankly, all of them need to be cut in half. I mean, if nothing more, they, 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 they all need to be reformed severely. But when you're appointing somebody, you know, if you appoint somebody in a Department of Justice to run that organization, you're talking about tens of thousands of people you know, and you have great, you know, there are some great people in there down at the sort of the bow level, you know, but there, but in Washington, D.C., it's, it's a, it's a terrible bastion of really just people that are, I think, are so turned against the rule of law in this country. It's just, that's my, Mike Flynn speaking for myself, for what I experienced, right? And my family, not just Mike Flynn, but my entire family, and frankly, the world and, and uh, many, many uh, millions of people across this country witnessed. So, is it fixable? It is fixable. It, it requires really extraordinary leadership at the very top. And the last comment that I'd make about this issue is that people need to understand that the president of the United States of America is the chief law enforcement officer of the country. He's not only the commander in chief and the president of the United States, he's also the chief law enforcement officer, not the attorney general, not the attorney general. So if the president of the United States wants to step in, that's why the president has the, pre- the the, the, the power to pardon, right? The That's president perfect. wants to step in, he can step in at any time. Yeah. General, it's been an honor. Thank you so much. I could talk to you for hours. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, God bless Joe. you. I look forward. Great yep. stuff. Look forward to seeing you out there on the streets of America. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. 